Welcome to the Healthy Hair Podcast. Your host, Dr. Amy Brenner, is a board-certified OBGYN with additional certifications in functional and integrative medicine. This podcast is meant to help women find reliable, relevant information to help them feel better, look better, and live better. Here, you will hear in-depth information about hormones, sexual medicine, aesthetics, cosmetic gynecology, and functional medicine. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Healthy Her. And today I have one of my very good friends and colleagues and mentor. And uh, he's also been my own personal physician for uh, endometrial ablation and some other things. We have Dr. David Schwartz today, who's board certified OBGYN, who specializes in women's health in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Schwartz. Thank you very much, Dr. Brenner, for inviting me. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about something really fun and probably, I think, something that women don't even know that's out there, something called the little pink pill, or I've also heard it called the female Viagra, and this new medication called Addy. And I know you're an expert in this and have been teaching doctors and educating doctors of how to use this medication. So um, Addy is for women who um, just aren't interested in sexual activity with their partners. Um, I think if we go back to the beginning, we should talk about the um, disease called hypoactive sexual desire disorder, HSDD. And HSDD is when um, the average woman is just not interested in having intimacy with her partner or with any partner at all. Um, it is not normal and it is due to a change in certain chemicals in the brain. Fortunately for women um, nowadays, there is a medication called Addy. Addy, uh, the generic is called Flabanserin, and it is a pill that they would take once a day. Um, usually they take it before they go to bed. Um, it's not like Viagra that you take it and then an hour later um, it relieves the uh, difficulty and you can have sex. It takes about a month to work. Yeah, so even though it's called the female Viagra, it doesn't work like Viagra. It doesn't work like Viagra. Well, it, it, what it does is it enables the patient to want to have intercourse where Viagra enables the male to be able to have intercourse um, due to anatomy. A woman's always able to have intercourse, but she may not want to, or she may not be interested in it, or she may not be able to have an orgasm and is just, you know, doing it for her partner um, and not enjoying it. The beauty of this medication is that it changes the chemicals in the brain such that the woman is interested in intimacy. She wants to be intimate with her partner. She wants to have sex. And in doing so, it's a more enjoyable and fulfilling experience. Yeah, and you and I both know this is a super common problem. Like I hear this 10, 15 times a day from seeing patients in the office. There's no question about it. And we as physicians have to remember to ask the patients about it because most of the time a woman coming into the office isn't going to say, hey, you know, I'm really not interested in sex. And um, she just goes on through the next 10 or 15 years and not fulfilling that part of her relationship. 
Uh, fortunately, with this new medication, and it's not really that new, it's been around for a couple of years, but it's becoming more prevalent because we're asking patients more about HSDD, hypoactive sexual desire disorder. And we're finding that many, many women um, do have it to some degree. And when we provide this medication um, for them, they have a much more fulfilling sexual relationship. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of doctors don't ask the question because in the past, there was nothing to do about it. We didn't have anything. So why ask the question if you don't have a solution? Kind of like ordering tests. Like I don't like to order blood tests unless it's going to change my management. So don't you think that's a big reason why a lot of doctors don't even ask the question? You're absolutely right. That's part of the reason. That's one of the biggest parts of the reason. Um, the other is since the patients are um, uncomfortable asking the question, some of the doctors may be uncomfortable asking the same question too. Um, we also are dealing with women who are um, postmenopausal and have um, vaginal atrophy or the lining of the vagina is dried up and you want to ask them about that because there are medications, there are products that we can use to make the vagina healthier so that um, couples can have a fulfilling sexual um, intimacy um, throughout their lives. Yeah, that's a whole other issue. You and I will have to talk about that on a on another occasion because I know you have uh, a nice device, that Viviv device, is that right? That can help with vaginal atrophy and dryness. That is correct. And that's vaginal rejuvenation. But we'll talk about that at a later discussion. Right now, um, going back to a hypoactive sexual desire disorder, this medication called Addy, women should take um, before they go to bed at night. One of the side effects is it makes you a little tired. So if they take it before they go to bed, they have a great night's sleep and they wake up feeling refreshed in the morning. There is a little bit of weight loss associated with it. We do not give patients this medication to lose weight, but that's one of the beneficial side effects. Um, there, if you have low blood pressure, there may be some um, issues with it causing low blood pressure. Again, that's why we give it to you before you go to bed at night. But the beauty of it is all of the studies showed an increase in satisfying sexual events, such as sexual intercourse and the like. I know when it first came out, we had to have patients sign this release that they would never drink alcohol and we had to get special training. Uh, and then I know that went away. Can you just elaborate on what the deal that was with the alcohol issue? And that was the big reason when it first came out is you couldn't ever drink alcohol. You couldn't have a glass of wine out to dinner. And so it just limited a lot of use. So this was um, originally about three or four years ago when the drug was first released and approved by the FDA. And unfortunately, the company at the time did the initial studies having women take the pill with alcohol, literally with, uh, you know, a couple of grains of alcohol and the pill at the same time. And it caused them to be dizzy and the like, well, if I took that much alcohol that they took, whether I took the pill or not, I would have had the same side effects. Well, what the FDA required was that they could not take the pill with alcohol. Subsequent to that, other studies have come out and the FDA has erased that warning. And, you know, like any medication, you're not going to take it with alcohol, 
But if you're having a couple of drinks and then you're going to go ahead and take your Addy three hours later, that is perfectly safe and perfectly normal. So no longer do we have any issues with alcohol um, and taking this pill. Gotcha. So who is it not for? I know you mentioned it's really for anybody that has decreased libido that they're bothered by, which is the definition of HSDD. But are there any patients that you wouldn't give it to? Well, if patients are on other medications that may um, decrease their desire for intercourse, if they're on different types of antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills, they need to discuss those those medications with their physician. Now, originally, this medication came out for premenopausal women, women who were under approximately the age of 50, somewhere 50 to 60 is when they develop, go into menopause. Um, and it was approved by the FDA for premenopausal women. Currently, studies are um, under review for postmenopausal women. But um, it's important to know that it works for postmenopausal women too. So in my practice, I use it off-label for postmenopausal women. And um, although it's not approved by the FDA, we're waiting for that approval and it should be coming soon. There are a number of trials out there showing its effectiveness. Just going back for one second, we are scientists. We look at evidence-based medicine. And for me, there is evidence-based medicine there that this works for both premenopausal and postmenopausal women. Yeah, I think that's important. And uh, I like to document and tell people of this is what it's approved for. But as physicians, we use a lot of things, quote, off label, end quote, like, like birth control pills. We use birth control pills for heavy bleeding, painful periods, but they're FDA approved to prevent pregnancy. That is absolutely correct. So physicians do use medications off-label. It is perfectly appropriate. And because we are scientists and we are going to look at the evidence-based medicine, that's what's going to make the most improvement um, and the best uh, process for our patients. So you mentioned one of the contraindications is using other antidepressants like Prozac, Zoloft, Zalese, or, or sorry, um, uh, prestige, that kind of thing. Have you ever switched? Because the one of the downsides, or one of the biggest downsides of those medications, is those dec decrease your libido and interfere with orgasms. And one of the things that I've done is just getting people off those drugs. Because what I found is sometimes people are put on those drugs, or women are put on those drugs. Maybe they went through a divorce or they had a death in the family and then nobody ever looks to take them off of those drugs. And that could be that alone could be the reason why they have decreased libido. But sometimes people are really nervous to come off of those drugs if you're not replacing it with something else. So have you ever weaned people off of one antidepressant and put them on Addy? You know, Dr. Brenner, you're brilliant because you're absolutely correct. <laughs> and uh, yes, I have weaned them off it. Yes, I have switched them to other ones. Sometimes they're on certain medications and they can take the Addy at the same time. My point is they need to let their physician know what medications they are on. And then the physician, like you have already done, can decide to cut the dose in half 
or wean them off or put them on Addy instead of that medication. Or there are other medications, for example, Wellbutrin um, has an increase in sexual desire um, versus Prozac or Celexa or things like that. But it's the my point is the patient has to let their physician know what medications they're on. And then we as physicians can use the evidence-based medicine that's out there to help them with their problem. Yeah, certainly I feel like there's a role for antidepressants in somebody who has true anxiety disorder or depressive disorder. Maybe they've been hospitalized for one of those conditions in the past, but it amazes me of how many people are just put on those medications for just some mild mood changes that may have been life-related or perimenopause related. And those drugs definitely come with their own side effects. So you're right. I use a lot of Wellbutrin or, you know, other things that help with mood, supplements and testosterone, because those SSRIs, although they might help with mood, is they just squash libido and orgasms. And as you're saying, we can lower the dose because maybe they needed them when they had uh, some life cycle event that whether it was a divorce or a death in the family, and now they don't need the medication and you can wean them off of it or get them on a lower dose for six months and then wean them off of it. So there's many ways of helping them with this issue. One of the things that I like about you and why I think you and I are such good friends is we haven't stopped learning and, um, you know, we're always looking for the next thing or what else is on the horizon versus I, you know, but it takes a lot of time and effort to learn these new things. Why do you think like other doctors aren't using this or use it, switching to Wellbutrin or lowering the dose? And why haven't patients even heard about this medication? Well, the first part of your question is the, the doctors have a certain amount of time to do the physical exam. So a patient comes in and the doctor has 15 minutes to get through heart and lungs and menstrual periods and contraception and everything. And then to start a whole um, conversation about hypoactive sexual desire disorder is going to just wreck that doctor's schedule. So a lot of times they're not going to bring it up. It may also be that the doctor, either a male or a woman, is uncomfortable talking about that. And if the patient doesn't bring it up, then the doctor isn't going to bring it up. In addition, doctors, some doctors are kind of stuck in their ways and aren't interested in learning new things. As you and I have talked about in the past, um, I always describe when I was in medical school, you take a loaf of bread and I learned that first piece of bread, that first slice in medical school, and I learned the second slice in my residency. The rest of that loaf of bread, as we slice it, I'm learning during my whole career. They didn't even have hypoactive sexual desire disorder discussed when I was in medical school, and it's something that is very common now. And so we need to learn new things. All physicians need to learn things. And like you do, um, I think that's the way that we can provide better care for our patients. Yeah. So one thing that I like is I think one of their campaigns of this medication is evening the score because up until this point, there was this the first FDA approved medication for women? This was, was the there's another one out called Vilesi, which is an injection, which the uh, patient gives herself a shot and an hour later um, has an increased desire 
to have intercourse, I'm not comfortable giving myself a shot to increase my desire for activity. I'd rather take a pill, and that's why I'm more comfortable with Addy. But as, as you asked, Addy is the first medication that's approved by the FDA for hypoactive sexual desire disorder. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us to talk about this uh, first medication to kind of open the open the gates to talk more about women's sexuality. Anything else you want to talk about before you get on to seeing patients? Um, just I would encourage your patients and my patients and all patients out there to ask their physician about these issues. Bring it up. You should be able to talk to your OB/GYN about any issue relating to your sexuality. And if you're not, then you need to find a new physician. Yeah, I think that's great advice. You really need to have this open relationship. And But you're absolutely right. Like I think as OBGYNs, we're, we're taught, you know, how many partners do you have sex with? Are you having sex with males, females, or both? What are you using to prevent pregnancy? But at least when I went through medical school and residency, we weren't talked Taught, or we weren't taught to elaborate on sexuality of are you happy? Are you having pain? Are you are you satisfied? All of those types of things. So you're absolutely right. If you don't feel comfortable talking to your doctor, you probably need to find a new doctor. So on that note, because I know you are comfortable talking with your patients, how can people find you? Um, I am, again, David Schwartz. My office number is 513-241-4223. My um, website is CincinnatiOBGYN.com. And uh, I also am happy to talk to someone on the phone if they have some questions. Thank you again for inviting me to be part of the show today. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Her. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the web. Go to www dramybrenner.com to learn more. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute as medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. The information in the podcast and any references, material or links are at the sole discretion of the listener and not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Listeners should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical issues or diagnoses that they may have and should seek medical advice from their healthcare provider for any such conditions.